You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another installment of Lock. I'm sorry, Crossover Thursday on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown Cardinals, Lockdown Browns. I can't lie. I'm a little excited about this one. Um, we played this game two years ago, both franchises in a different different state of mind at the time. Um, we're going to break it down here. You know, Bo, Alex from Lockdown Cardinals, myself, Jeff Floyd here from Lockdown Browns. Um, you're 5-0. and Arizona Cardinals. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, you're three and ten, uh, three and two Cleveland Browns. Um, some people maybe saw that coming. A little better, a little worse. Um, but we're going to sit here and break it down with the gentleman today, guys. First things first. Um, I can see the smiles. I mean, there's just no avoiding that. Um, what's it been like, obviously, for the, this beginning run here? You know, the team five and zero, um, and even last week, you know, where a week where their 49ers showed up, played some defense. Cardinals played some defense. And, you know, a game where you've been basically outpacing people, you know, outrunning everybody, yards, points, um, got into basically a little bit of an old-fashioned football game Sunday and pulled it out 17-10. Yeah, I mean, it feels good, you know. <laughs> feels good. I mean, it, the interesting part is, like, when you look across the landscape of the NFL, there's teams with really good players and there's teams with really good players and identities. And the Cardinals haven't really had a real identity since Bruce Arians left. Um, and what we're starting to see is the emergence of – an organization that people are noticing and noticing, like, do we need to fear these guys? Do, do, we, do we need to look at these guys and fear them? And it's it's just been cultivated over the last couple of years with Kyler kind of growing up and then with the additions of all of the veteran talent that the Cardinals brought in, you know, namely Rodney Hudson, J.J. Watt, A.J. Green. Um, it's been really nice just to see this flower start to bud with the way that we thought that it potentially could it just took a little bit longer than expected, especially with how they started last year. But, Bo, I mean, all in all, I mean, they're 5-0. and up. Regardless of how they got there, it's a pretty sweet start. Yeah, and keep, people continue to be like, all right, when's it, uh, it going to stop? Who's going to be the team that's going to end this perfect start to the season? And they've had a couple tests the last two weeks. In the L.A. Rams, they blew the door off, doors off of them after they beat the Super Bowl champion Bucks, And, that surprised everybody, and people still kind of were like, hey, let's pump the brakes on this Cardinals team. And then they take on the San Francisco 49ers, who always have an excuse each and every year, apparently. And this year it was that they've got a rookie quarterback. The Cardinals win an ugly game, their first game when they don't score over 20 points in Cliff Kingsbury's uh, tenure. And now it's just like, I think if they beat the Browns, people will finally maybe release some of that skepticism uh, that this that this team is as good as they really uh, as, as we think they are. I, I I think this is a big big time challenge because it offers a, a different challenge than the Arizona Cardinals have seen throughout the 2021 season. For me, I think it's because look, all the talk in the West, obviously San Francisco with Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, uh, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, and the Cardinals. You know, it, it wasn't that they didn't do a lot; they did some things. But you know, once you have quarterback talk um, and that type of thing. And in one for me, and I actually talked about it on my episode today where I did with Jeff Risden, is um, did anybody believe that Cliff Kingsbury was going to become this huge, successful NFL coach? Because God knows he was not that guy in college. No, no he wasn't. He had to uh, he, he still has to change the narrative surrounding him that he's he was a failed college coach. He can't change that. That happened. Thirty five and forty. Texas Tech is alma mater. Gave him his walking papers. And then he has this 
unbelievable ascent to a head coaching job. He gets fired at a level below. And next thing you know, he gets his, his, his first crack at the NFL. And, you know, patience had to be preached. But at the same time, it took this roster kind of being uh, turned over to kind of fit his style offensively. And also for the first time, Jeff, it, it helps a lot that for the first time ever, Cliff Kingsbury has a good defense. He never had a good de- defense at Texas Tech. It was, it was shootout after shootout after shootout. And that's what it looked like, you know, the first season for sure. And he couldn't keep his head above water. But, you know, I think that this year we're starting to see what people envision. Look, if it's going to look, if it's going to work, it's going to look like this. And we're starting to see that as far as the play calling, you know, and, uh, and what he's bringing to the table as far as this young offensive guru. Right, and let me ask you, because we're going to get to Kevin Stavansky here in a second. Bo and I have been on on the other side of of the coin with Cliff. I thought he should have been fired by the end at the end of last year. Thought just rip the bandaid off Belichick and start fresh. Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy. You know the conversation is kind of old and tired at this point. Uh, it's been an incredible thing to watch him. There really hasn't been a whole lot of. Most of these games have been in a vacuum. You know, the, it, a lot of the stuff has gone the Cardinals' way, which is great. It has to happen. A good teams, good things go their way. You know, that's not a knock on him whatsoever. On Sunday, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and I want to get your takes on this. Let's. It's Cliff's been great, and I I didn't expect it even more than Bo did. Bo said, "Pump the brakes a little bit. Let's wait and see what happens this year." I thought it may have been too late. It wasn't. Uh, so good things through five weeks. Now your boy Kevin Stefanski came over, offensive coordinator from Minnesota. Came over. Nobody really knew who he was, unless you're in the NFL circles. Like common fans knew who Cliff Kingsbury was because of the abs with the two chicks picture at Texas Tech. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a different, different positioning with him taking over at the NFL. Uh, he won. I mean, he's been a vision. Um, but you look at their three and two record; they should 100% be five and zero this year. You know, the week one, they played the Chiefs week one, right? Where they're up 10 points late. They end up losing that game. And then the shootout this past week against against the Chargers. Tell me from a, somebody who covers the team how they got here and how much hair you've lost, even though they're three and two in a very tough AFC North through five weeks. <laughs> um, maybe not. Well, the hair's still here. Uh, gray, that's a different story. That and teenage daughters, guys, by the way. Um, but you go into um, week one. And look, I mean, for me, and what we tried to tell everybody going into week one was, look, it's not about week one versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It's about the potential of week 21 against the Kansas City Chiefs. You want, it was a barometer. You wanted to see where you were at. Granted, the Chiefs right now are not what everybody thought they were going to be. Um, that doesn't mean they're not going to get there. They certainly possibly can. Um, of all things, you know, you're, you know, you have a 10-point lead. Yeah, all right, we got them right where we want them. Let's hand the ball to Nick Chubb. All right, he gets 10 yards. Ah, hand it Nick Chubb again. Gets 11 yards. Gives the ball up. Chiefs score right away. All right, uh, now the momentum's turning. Now the momentum's turning. You come out, you force three throws. doesn't work out. Your punter, who has not been good all year, he's got one job to kick the ball, can't even get the snap. Um, instead of you know going rugby style, and when you're from Europe, you're probably familiar with that, decides to run with it. Next thing you know, you give Patrick Mahomes the ball to 12-yard line. Great. Guess what? There's a recipe for disaster. Um, game is over. But again, you know, some people want to put that on Baker Mayfield. You get to this Charger game now. Um, and I mean, offensively, just humming. Um, David Njoku, we've tried to talk about this guy since 2018 when he really, really started to step up with Baker Mayfield. He's got all the abilities of the top tight ends in the NFL. Has it ever really matched it? No, but it doesn't mean the ability is still isn't there. And the thing where, and even last year where he was kind of lost about this point in the season, you know, and the Browns had this philosophy with everybody, whether you were tight end, whether you were wide receiver, you got to block. Um, first and foremost, you cannot come onto this field and just be a one-trick pony. David Njoku, to his credit, put his nose to the ground, and he is probably the best blocking tight end on this team now, which makes that you know paramount. 
Now you get him involved more. He doesn't have to go off the field. You get a day like you had Sunday. There's always mismatches. It's difficult to cover tight ends who run sub four six, have forty plus inch vertical jumps. So David Njoku was fantastic in that regard. And you know this is where Odell, even though he's not performing, he is extremely important because regardless of what you get from him statistically, people still have to take notice when Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field. He draws coverage, makes everybody's life easier. Uh, Coach Stefanski, yeah, they could easily be five and zero. Could easily be four and one. Um, you maybe understand it a little bit that they were road games that you maybe give a little something away, but yeah, right now it's a little difficult to look at this and understand that this team is only three and two. We're talking to our guy Jeff Lloyd, of course, locked on Browns, locked on Cardinals. Your Thursday crossover here, and uh, we're going to get into some. Uh, we're going to really start to break down this contest. Of course, we've got. Uh, we'll get into some predictions by the end of this podcast, but. Uh, coming up next, are we going to get to Jeff firing squad us, uh, Alex? Is that how it's no. going to roll? No, we're going to go first, man. Oh, okay. We're the road team. We get to roll first. We're the guests. Uh, but uh, first, let's get to uh, talking about something that, Jeff, uh, everybody needs to know about this app, Get Upside app. It's unbelievable. Um, if you use the promo code touchdown, are we not doing get upside? No, oh, we're doing rock auto. It's the other yeah. part that you know about. If you're Jeff, you wonder why I'm the driver of this show. Yeah. You wonder, well, like, let's just thing. go full Look, disclosure here. As much as Bo wants to talk about gasoline, if you can't get your car to the gas station, none of that That's matters. A pro. And that is where rock auto comes in with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local auto parts store. To stock all the parts you need, why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the computer orders the parts on the computer, laptop, whatever. You guys know the drill. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example. Honda Odyssey Fuel Pump, the most popular minivan in America. $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low and for every customer. Go to the rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto.com now gentlemen i do want to get into a little bit of detail here um and the thing that's impressed me is it's been a balanced effort um offensively through the passing game through the running game um it's not just one piece you have a pounder and it's funny the browns somehow always find a way to run into john connor and they will again this sunday chase evans a player i have loved i, I really think that he's flourished um with this offense you know because he can contribute um as a receiver but you get to the wide receiver room, and look, it's New Cockets. Uh, you have A.J. Green there, and this is a whole different ballgame. This is just A.J. Green being a part of something as opposed to the star he had to be all the years for the Bengals. And there's a Christian Kirk, and there's a bunch of more. Um, but just talk about you know Kyler Murray, because this is one of the things we go through with Baker Mayfield, is the difficulty navigating having so much skill, talent to work with. It's not always the easiest thing for a quarterback. Some people who think you just throw it out there and it happens, but it's just not that simple. I mean, 
the most surprised we've been in both. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we've been waiting for Christian Kirk to, you know, kind of pop off. And we, we've seen flashes over the first couple of years, but he's really shown, at least through the f- earlier parts of this season, his worth. Rondell Moore has been a vision when they use him. You know, he's been incredible. We saw, I mean, he's so fast. You know, I mean, like he's he's so fast. He's so great with the ball. You saw the 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 toe touch catch on the sideline last week that had oohs and ahs from all the national media and you know local media alike. But you're right; it starts with Kyler and it starts with Ronnie Hudson. You know, those are the two big big changes. Sure, you add the position players, but Rodney Hudson has elevated the floor of this team to levels that we haven't seen through Kyler's first two years. I think it's the most understated thing I've ever said. Where. The offensive guards, the interior of the offensive line was struggling so much last year because Mason Cole and his inability to block the A-gap on his own or predominantly on his own, those guys had to help him, which allowed their jobs, their holes to open up, which cost you know the guards. I mean, it's obviously a slippery slope. So the fact that Ronnie Hudson has been the anchor, the spine, as I call it, of this offensive line, protecting Kyler Murray, everything else is easier, regardless of skill position players, when Kyler doesn't have to run for his life. You know, and he's been standing in the pocket. He's been excellent uh, throwing the ball in intermediate passes, which was one of the big knocks on him because he didn't have time to go through his progressions last year compared to this year. Bo, I mean, is Rodney Hudson, that's the one, right? I mean, AJ Green's great, and Rondo Moore and, and Chandler and uh, Christian Kirk, but Rodney Hudson stirs the drink. Yeah, you think so. I mean, that seems to be the, the difference between last year and this season where this offensive line is just playing at a high level and they're not letting anybody touch their quarterback. So uh, San Francisco was able to get to him just a few times. But, you know, Kyler Murray, for the most part, has been unscathed and one of the least touched quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So that's huge. And, of course, with Kyler in his third season and a better understanding of this offense, he's been able to get the ball out into his playmaker's hands and – when he does that, and it's the caliber of Rondell Moore or DeAndre Hopkins, it's bad news for the opposing defense. And now, just so um, you know, everybody, if you're catching, uh, you know, up here late, obviously. Um, and now, Rodney ha- Rodney Hudson is pronounced out for this week. So, what yeah. is the backup plan, gentlemen, for the Cardinals at center this week? Yeah, Max Max Garcia came in and he in spot duty and, and filled in great for Rodney Hudson. But I think Rodney Hudson brings to this group in to lead in a leadership role you're not going to get from Max Garcia. There's going to be a drop-off as far as the center position, hopefully not as steep as as there was. Uh, it, hopefully it doesn't revert back to 2020. I don't think it will. But uh, it, it's they're going to miss out on Max Williams as well, who, who brings uh, some blocking to the run game as well at the tight end position. So Arizona Cardinals are going to be down with a couple of their really solid run blockers in this contest. So, We'll see how they make up for it. It's going to be our first kind of look at that outside of the end of the Niners game. And then some people are kind of curious, you know, is, is the quarterback 100% healthy? And nobody's 100% healthy at this stage in the season. But uh, I think Kyler Murray should be good to go. Is he ready to kind of shoulder uh, the pressure of performing without his Pro Bowl center and his run blacking tight end? We'll see. That's going to be a big question mark going forward. Uh, now we switch up here a little bit uh, defensively. Now you know Chandler Jones. We don't get this you know these type of answers. Um, you know they don't tell you when he strings together his first negative test. But Browns fans, we've been through this week one with Tyron Matthew. Um, you know the early. You know we're going to have to have something by Saturday morning. Obviously, some word about Chandler Jones. That's the Cardinals are going to have to catch a flight uh, to Cleveland on Saturday. So they're not going to tell us about the first one. We'll hear whether or not he's been activated or he's not. So that's where we're at with Chandler Jones. And for, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, 100% vaccination rate 
with the Cardinals roster, correct? Yes. They were later so, to the party, but yes. Yes. So anybody with questions in that regard, yes, Chandler Jones is vaccinated. Um, the defensive side of the ball. Um, there's some players on this defense I absolutely love, whether it's Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Zayvon Collins was big, big Browns target. We tried to tell everybody the Browns were not going to spend a first-round pick on a linebacker. They did not. However, they did get a linebacker later on. Uh, we can't talk about that. Maybe. But Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, um, one of my favorites. I, I, I always have this irrational love for any defensive back from the University of Washington. I don't know how it ended up this way. Um, we'll see about Byron Murphy, who you know hopefully maybe could be back, well, hopefully for you, not for us, back this week. But I think these are players that are just so integral in the way defense should be played nowadays. And the Browns have these type of players as well, where you don't necessarily have labels for them. You know, yes, they can, you know, they can cover people 20 yards downfield. You can rely on them and run defense. You can blitz them. And this is the recipe for what the modern day defense is in the NFL. And let's not forget about the fact that this team, uh, oh yeah, brought in JJ Watt. So if if there could be a clowny Watt reunion with New Hopkins. Um, Texans fans, don't watch this one Sunday. I mean, yeah. You can't watch any Cardinals games with DeAndre Hopkins and and, uh, and J.J. Watt. <laughs> now, here's the thing, Jeff. And um, Bo and I differ on a lot of things, not because it's fabricated, just because it's, it's just how we think. I don't care about the secondary. I care about the front seven. Like the Cardinals, the Cardinals playing against the Browns rush attack. Two top 12 flipping running backs in the same backfield with the updated offensive line, even though there's been some injuries that, that you've sustained. I don't know if Jedrick Wills is, is back yet, but I know that he was hurt at one point earlier in the season. Um, the, this terrifies me. They're going to run for 350 yards and four touchdowns, and the Cardinals are going to lose that way. That's what terrifies me. It's not a knock on Baker Mayfield. It's they are an evil empire in the backfield. They're the best rush attack in the NFL, in my opinion. Like, I would take them over Derrick Henry, just not because just a rushing attack, but also catching the ball out of the backfield, what both of them can do with flying colors. Nick Chubb has gotten so much better at that over the last two years he's been in the league. But defensively, what you talk about, it's it's going to be Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. What Isaiah Simmons has showed, and you'll see on Bo, Bo's timeline, is Isaiah Simmons is an absolute mauler around the goal line. He stopped two short touchdowns, one with Derrick Henry and one with Trey Lance this past week. It's those guys coming out party, or they're going to be exposed, in my opinion, against the rush attack. With Chandler Jones being the pass rusher, this is the one game on the schedule where it's like, you know what? If he's going to miss one, you have to choose this one because of how pertinent and potent the rush attack is. So, like, I know that Byron Murphy coming back and Baker Mayfield needs to be respected, obviously, but do you, are you in line with that? You in line with the front seven or bust here? I think the Arizona Cardinals, as far as their numbers and their bottom five against the run, Jeff, and I'm sure you've seen that, is 28th overall. That they've been good enough to where they, they it's not consistently throughout the game that they struggle against the run. So I think that J.J. Watt, and he's also been known to be a good run-stopping defensive end, he should show up and he's gonna he's got to have a huge game with Chandler Jones potentially being out. They add Jordan Phillips potentially back to the – the interior of that defensive line. I know he's more of kind of a pass rush guy, but I think that they should have enough there and personnel to give their best crack at it. But I've said it before, going up against this rushing attack, you just close your eyes and pray for the most part and just hope for the best. If they can defend, if they can make Baker Mayfield have to make big throws in this game, I think it plays to their advantage. And I'm not taking a knock. It's not an indictment on Baker Mayfield. I just think that if they can make him throw the ball downfield, that guys like Byron Murphy, who should be back in this lineup after missing a game with a rib injury, 
it plays to their advantage. So if they can make some noise, if they can stop the run and put the Browns in situations where they just can't hand the ball off time after time, the Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb, it, it could play into the, in the Cardinals' favor. Okay, enough. It's our turn. Alex Lynch and Bobrock, we get to ask Mr. Jeff Lloyd locked on Browns what his team is situated like and how they fear, look at whatever the Arizona Cardinals out of Sunday's afternoon slated game. Fantastic. Give me that 105 on the road. I love that when the Cardinals have to travel and don't have to play in the morning slot. We'll talk about Jeff, his concerns, his excitement, his expectation of Sunday's match between the Cardinals and Browns in just a second. But first, betonline.ag. The Cardinals are three-point dogs on the road. I hate sports. Like, it's you can make a case for both sides. Wow, I cannot believe that they're getting that many. I can't believe that the Cleveland isn't respected. You know, whatever. But BetOnline.ag, regardless of what you think about that line, is back and better than ever. It's week six. Start to appreciate football because there's only 12 weeks after this week. BetOnline's your number one spot for all pro and prong college, fo- college football action this season. They've got an updated website updated interface, more odds, props, contest, everything. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome uh, bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. So it's changed. It's not NFL 100 anymore. It's Locked On now. Go to the website, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, final segment, locked on, locked on crossover edition, locked over, locked on Thursday. Jeff Lloyd, locked on Browns. Alex Lancy, Bobrock, locked on Cardinals. Okay. The Cleveland Browns are three and two, but they're one of the more terrifying teams in the league, in my opinion. Talent wise, one to twenty-two starters on game day. You've got your Miles Garrett. You've got your running back committee. You've got Baker Mayfield, who's the best elevated game manager in the league. If you want to give him a backhanded compliment, even though he's much better than that. Let me start first, though, quickly. Are you surprised that Kareem Hunt resigned there and didn't go get an RB1 job somewhere else? No, uh, I honestly am not. um, Because the relationship between the two is paramount, between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I think for Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I think they kind of look at each other the same way in, look, we understand the longevity of the position in the NFL. So maybe the two of us working together, we now both have that second contract, but now there's possibility, you know, there's some money after that. And, you know, for Kareem, look, there's, there's certainly, you know, been the questions of the off field. He has been nothing but a model soldier, um, you know, well over the past calendar year here for the Browns on um, this offense suits him to a T it's funny because this offense suits both running backs, but they both have different styles as far as running the ball, which it, it's fun to watch the same plays, but watch two different guys go about basically getting it done. Um, and look, Kareem got paid well. I mean, it was $6 million for where he was, and it wasn't like you were basing this off of his Kansas City Chiefs numbers. You were basing his pay off of almost a little bit more elevated than what he was doing for the Browns at the time. Uh, then the offensive line obviously got better, um, much more, and made lives easier for Kareem and Nick. It's a great relationship between the two, um, and I think they, the two of them understand that there's you know the opportunity for them to do and help take this team to great heights. There's uh, obviously, it, there's there's no secret, the Arizona Cardinals passing attack is potent. You've got Kyler Murray, and you've got an array of wide receivers and Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm looking at the injury report, and I'm seeing three cornerbacks. I mean, is there any true fear that they're going to be down in, in the defensive secondary in this contest? And how are they going to slow things down if they are? Well, here's the promising thing. All, all three cornerbacks were on the practice field today. 
Greg okay. Newsom. Um, he uh, missed the last two weeks with a calf injury, the rookie. Played fantastic up until that point, calf injury, out for two weeks. Led to the return of Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams did not take an NFL snap in 2020. It is now currently the second highest graded cornerback by PFF. Came back with a vengeance. And the thing we were all concerned about is it's a shoulder nerve type of thing. So, look, yeah, you can go out there cover. You can run. You can do everything. Are you going to get nosy? Are you going to get dirty? Are you going to be able to tackle people? And, you know, got a little dinged up last week. Nothing out of the ordinary. Was on the practice field today. No MRI. Denzel Ward left the game early last week. Neck injury. No MRI on the practice field today. So, I mean, you cross your fingers. You think that, you know, this shouldn't be an issue. And God knows you need them. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they manipulate this now. They have, um, as you guys know, they you know brought over uh, Troy Hill from the Rams as their slot corner. Um, but with Greedy, Newsom had been being cross-trained on the inside, on the outside with Denzel Ward. If you have all of them, are you going to mix things up here? Are you going to go dime? Browns, when they go dime, normally go three safeties. A lot of teams go four corners. Well, the Browns maybe say, hey, let's go four corners now because we have four corners that we really have a lot of faith in. And there are some guys who run underneath routes for the Cardinals, you know, with – uh, you know, Kirk, with more of these guys who run these crossers and you got to run all day long with them. So it, it hopefully gives Joe Woods a little bit more to work with in the secondary. But right now, knock on wood, you know, if all three were able to suit up and do some things in practice today, you got to think that, you know, bodes well as far as actually being participants on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, listen, this defense fascinates me just like the offense does, but in very different ways. Like I was – Bo and I were on the phone, either texting or talking after your after the Browns' second round pick in 2021, because I was hell bent that if Buda Baker was not on this team, and the Cardinals had a receiver like if Christian Kirk had elevated his game through through this past season in 2020, that Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa was going to be an Arizona Cardinal at 49, out of Notre Dame. He's a Jamal Adams, Derwin James, whatever you want to call him. I think he's closer to Derwin James. The dude has been lights out, and obviously, hopefully, he's okay after being rushed to the hospital with a throat contusion, I think is what it was, on Sunday. The dude is just bred for this type of football, and he's perfect to be over the top. And you know what? The line of scrimmage, I don't know exactly how they're using him because I don't cover the team, but I've seen enough to where with this pass rush, he's a perfect complement over the top, even as a rookie. Is he a guy that's going to make immediate impact through these 17 weeks, or is he more of a uh, work in progress than I am proclaiming him through five weeks? Oh, no, no. He's been – I'll be honest. He, he, we all thought the player he could be. He's progressed tremendously faster than any of us thought. And the, the Browns, and you guys know, understand, you know, Isaiah Simmons struggled a little bit early last year. These guys, where they are so all over the field in college, it's a little difficult to just take them to the NFL and expect to get that same tape of return right away. You know, bullets are moving, obviously, tremendously a lot faster. What they've done with JOK is, hey, let's not have you worry about anything behind you. Whatever position we push you in, we want you to worry about what is in front of you. Go seek, go destroy. Does he still overrun some plays? Sure, natural rookie type of thing. That's going to happen. Um, but does he diagnose quickly? Yes. Does he close? Absolutely. His closing speed is incredible. And unlike anybody else on this Browns defense, he's a hitter. He is a big-time hitter. He lays the wood. You know, I know some people are trying to talk about him as far as you know, defensive rookie of the year. That's a little difficult because you're gonna. Yeah, I mean, he's not a pass rusher. Um, you know, you can accumulate sacks quickly as a rookie. Um, but he's doing everything they can. He will be the linebacker takes the most snaps for this team this year. Um, and for the first time, there's been a flip in the depth chart. He had never been listed as a starter. He is now listed as your starter at will. Played his most amount of snaps last week. And the funniest thing is. He even said, you know, he got the contusion, throat contusion in the first quarter. Finished the game, 
Then they sent him to the hospital. He spent the night there, and they came home. So, yeah, he was back on the practice field today. Um, it, it's just been it's been exciting to watch because a lot of people, like, there's oh, you find so many minute things to say maybe somebody's not a first-round player, and then you put him on the field, you're just able to see the click and close and the diagnosing and the tackling and just the energy he brings. And then, it, you know, you get a lot of NFL GMs that are like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe he should have gone top 32. Bill Brock, Alex Lancy, Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns, your Locked On Thursday crossover. And, you know, before giving up 47 points, the Browns have given up 13 points combined the previous two weeks. I mean, it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. We're looking at uh, their schedule. What do you expect to come out of uh, Cleveland, at least on the Browns side of the football, come Sunday? Do you expect more of what we saw in week five or more of what we saw in weeks four and three? Well, this is where it's tricky because you're playing a 5-0 and team Sunday. But here's the trickier part. The Browns have to lace them up three, four days later, Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. So that's where this gets a little bit tricky. Um, you need to look at what – and look, you guys are sitting here telling me that you think this running game of the Browns can be a problem. And this is where the Browns run into issues with this at times. They know they have this great dynamic with the running game. And then they get into these instances where you know they cost themselves a drive or two shoot themselves in the foot, go for it on fourth down, don't have a great play call. If you think you can win this game by running the ball, then how about we run the ball 25 times in the first half? Let's see what happens. Let's see where we're at, and then maybe we can run some ball, run the ball some more in the second half and move on from there. Obviously, you know, you know, I'm not trying to poo-poo the Cardinals in any way whatsoever. This is a 5-0 football team. There's no way around it. But they get to this point where it's like, all right, well, that's not working. We tried to get the tight ends involved. We couldn't hit a big passing you know what, can we just have a drive where we run it seven out of eight plays and we'll go get some points? And they do. So, like, if you have that working for you, and this has nothing to do with Baker Mayfield or not, it's keep it simple stupid. Why would you do something more difficult than the most simplest of things? And that's the joy they have. And, look, both players were held out of practice today. And rightfully they should. These guys don't need to practice till Friday out of any given week. Give them all the rest they can. They are doing all the heavy lifting. If I'm the Browns, this game for me – and you guys are saying it, you know, you look at where the ranking is as far as running the ball. Let's worry about running the ball, running it a lot. Um, if it works, then we can bring supply action off of it. If it's not going to work, it's going to be a long day. And now we're in a passing game where maybe we got to go 30, 40. Just keep it simple. I don't care about the quarterback statistical output. I want a W at the end of the day. If running the football is the way to do that, let's rock and roll. He is Jeff Lloyd. If you don't know this, he is responsible for the video of the catwalk-like um, experience with Baker Mayfield doing a little spinzy doodles in the uh, in the end zone and taking the picture of whoever it was that went completely Trade. viral on Twitter, went viral everywhere else. Jeff Lloyd was the man for that. For those who don't know, Bo's RB1 on his fantasy team is Nick Chubb. So there's a lot of crossover here uh, with the Cardinals and Browns matchup. Going on Sunday, Jeff. This has been so fun. Locked over, uh, locked on crossover Thursday. Why can't I talk, um, dude? This is gonna be great. I, I'm super excited about this game. Really enjoyed. We haven't done this in in a couple of years, so really nice to talk to you, uh, Alex Lindsay Bobrock. Locked on Cardinals. Thank you for making Locked On crossover Thursday. Locked on Browns. Locked on Cardinals. Whatever your poison is, your first listen. Please make Locked On or uh, Peacock and Williamson your second listen. Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. Matt Williamson. Uh, and a former NFL scout, the dude knows the game better than most. 30-minute show, 
Check that it out. That was nice of you to throw Peacock a bone after they'd given him a loss last week, and the ratings probably went down. That was nice of you, though, buddy. I like right, that. Listen, listen. We're not going to talk about that without <laughs> Alex Nancy Paul, Brock Locked on Cardinals, Jeff Lloyd Locked on Browns. We will uh, we'll check you guys tomorrow on our respective podcasts. Right. Force a second and 11. Force a third and eight, right? Get in those situations where you can key on, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. You can kind of try to make Baker's life a little bit more difficult in getting a lead, right? Because Baker does have some hero ball to him. If you can mm-hmm. get him in those situations, saw it against the Chiefs. We've seen it at times before. He can make mistakes, and the Chargers are going to need a couple of mistakes by the Browns this weekend if they want to pull off the win. Yeah, and for, you know, and, and lastly on the Browns is, you know, Baker Mayfield and the completing of 50% of his passes last week, it's not going to be good enough. It's just not right. going to be good enough this week, regardless of how well the Browns can run the ball. And if they can do some of the other things that we talked about, uh, you're not going to make a living in this league and you're not going to win a lot of ball games only completing 50% of your passes. Hopefully he's better. He's more right. Hopefully, you know, having the run game, maybe get go early can, you know, set up some real easy play action, get his confidence rolling. And if he can hit at least one big one, I think it's going to, it's going to get Baker right back into the group. If he can find whether, you know, and it's not even going to be a touchdown, just, just a long ball, a completion with defenders around where he can basically get the, you know, the bugaboo out of his head. I think everything is going to be all right. But for you Charger fans, for you Brown stands, we can't thank you guys enough for being along for the ride. And of course, always making Lockdown Chargers, Lockdown Browns, your first listen day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use. As always, our promise to you guys, Lockdown Chargers, Lockdown Browns will always be free. Um, it's the least we can do for as much time as you guys spend with us week in, week out. It's going to be a good one Sunday. Um, really, really looking forward to this matchup. Um, now that they had that one thunderstorm in L.A., I'm assuming we're not going to have to worry about that for two decades. So this sucker should kick off on time on Sunday. Uh, for Mr. Dan Wade from Locked On Chargers, myself, Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns, uh, have a blast, everybody. Enjoy the game on Sunday.